0: To East London, and then discovered that um, yesterday when I got up in the morning, I got all dressed, and I discovered I was overdressed. You know, so I have to now try and find my to find the balance. But anyway, it's good to be here and and to see you all, and I hope you are all well. Hallelujah, Christ is risen, he is risen Isn't indeed. Hallelujah. Um, this morning um, is the, the second Sunday after Pentecost, but it's also World Environmental Day Sunday, and um, it's um, something that gets celebrated every fifth of June and has been every year since 1974. And we all know that right now the environment is 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 of concern to us, and especially to me, who did you kick? Okay, Um, so we, for me, and the work that I do in, in my other everyday work, my work revolves around restoring of the environment, so it's of special concern at this time. And the theme this year, just so that we can think about it and reflect on it as we move forward, is reimagine, recreate, and restore. And and I was just thinking about that theme. And that theme speaks not only to the natural environment, but I also feel that it speaks to where we are as people and as as the church and so on and so forth with the challenges that we face um, with having to do ministry uh, during these difficult times so continue to reflect on the reimagine recreate and restore so grace Mercy and peace to you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. And I'd just like to pray before we go into a time of praise and penitence. Creator God, out of the overflowing of your love, you created all things with rich variety and great beauty and entrusted us with responsibility for them. Grant that we might so value all that you have given into our care that we may strive to sustain its blessings for all people, for all time. Through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who is alive and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen.
1: So good morning everyone from me. It's, it's really good to be here. Um, I, I seem to feel the cold a lot more than I did in the past and so it's a really chilly day for me. Um, but let's enjoy the presence of God and the warmth of the company of one another as we worship together. I think there's real richness in coming together and worshipping together and that's what we crave as a people I think. Not just the company of one another but the, the, the company of our Lord and Saviour. And so we're going to sing this morning um, two verses of, of a hymn, and I really encourage you to put your mind onto the things of Christ, just perhaps even now as we sit, let's just for a moment, let's be still and just take our minds off the things that we have been thinking about. Remember the rich blessing of coming together. Our incredible privilege of knowing um, the Father God being saved by Jesus Christ and now knowing the comfort of the Holy Spirit. Lord, we are just so incredibly privileged if we just think about the things that we have, the physical things that we have. We are so blessed, not because of anything that we've done to deserve it, but because of, because of you, Lord. And so as we turn our minds to you, we come into your presence and we begin to worship you. And so shall we stand together as we we sing this hymn. So I thought I'd like to read to you the psalm that is set for today at Psalm 138. And Psalm 138 says, With all my heart I praise you, Lord. In the presence of angels I sing your praises. I worship at your holy temple in praise and praise you for your love and your faithfulness. You were true to your word and made yourself more famous than ever before. When I asked for your help, you answered my prayer and gave me courage. All kings on this earth have heard your promises, Lord, and they will praise you. You are so famous that they will sing about the things you have done. Though you are above us all, you care for humble people, and you keep a close watch on everyone who is proud. I'm surrounded by trouble, but you protect me against my angry enemies. With your own powerful arm, you keep me safe. You, Lord, will always treat me with kindness. Your love never fails. You have made us what we are. You have made us what we are, Lord. Don't give up on us now. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. And so I think let us just now go into a time of confession, and we're going to pray together. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts, By the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Christ our Lord. And then I thought we would just, we would sing together the Kyrie this morning. So just again in a moment of silence, let's just call to mind our sin Remember the goodness of God. father So we remember the words that Jesus said, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. And so as we've remembered our sins, we say together, Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, in penitence we confess that we have sinned against you through our own fault, in thought, word, and deed, and in what we have left undone. For the sake of your Son, Christ our Lord, forgive us all that is past, and grant that we may serve you in newness of life, To the glory of your name.
0: My brothers and sisters, almighty God who forgives all who truly repent, have mercy on us, pardon our sins and set us free from them, confirm and strengthen us in all goodness, and keep us in eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Right, um, and we pray together our collect for today, the second Sunday after Pentecost. Our Father, from whom every family on earth takes its name, help us to do Your will, that as sisters and brothers of Christ, we may love and serve You and one another, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with You and the Holy Spirit. One God. Amen. And can you stand to share the peace? My brothers and sisters, the peace of the risen Lord be with you always. Peace be with you.
1: Right, if you'd like to sit, as we move into the time of notices and celebrating and remembering, I'm going to just do the notices quickly. I see here on the the pew leaflet it says there's a children's church notices notice that says there will be junior church and youth. There will be a junior church and youth session, and it says on the 20th of May. I'm sure that's meant to be the 20th of June in the hall. So I just encourage you to be in touch with people who are um, who have young families just to remind them of that. Um, and then there's also a notice here about the reading roster. It says COVID-19 has affected the ability of some of our readers being able to attend services and conduct their reading duty as per comorbidities and other factors. And so as a result, the church is needing some additional readers. Now I know that there are many people that have been reading in the past or have read in the past and have, uh, for some reason, not reading anymore. So I really want to encourage you, if you would like to read, again, if you haven't been for a while, to get your name back onto that list, so if you can make contact with Pumlani in the church office. I think it's really a good thing for us to be involved in the service, so if you would put your name on the list if you'd like to read. And then there's this notice is now coming up um, week after week, so I think we need to take notice that there's a real need for bread. Uh, NCO notice, the number of people being fed has increased, and so there's a request for more bread to be donated. So if we can really take that on board, um, I'm sure we can all contribute in that small way. So I really also encourage you to, to get on board with that. Right then, our birthdays and anniversaries and remembering. Louis, it's your birthday tomorrow. <laughs> and I see Rob Valentine and Betty McClellan and Rose Van Bullion and Sean McLaren, Pat Kretschman and Rosalie Weir. Um, please, if you know any of these folk, if you can make sure that there are birthday wishes sent
2: to them, yes. Um Erica, uh, Erica Kingsley-All has just asked me to say um, a few things about Betty McClellan. Um, she's not very well at the moment. She's suffering from um, d- dementia. And um, she just wanted to, to say that Betty's been uh, a member at St. Michael's as, as long as Erica has. And, and Rose and those three were like the three stooges that hung out together. Back in 1967, I think you said it was. And uh, and that was when I think St. Michael's was first uh, formed. And so we particularly, um, it's Betty's birthday this this week, so we just particularly hold her up in our prayers as well. And um, so we we, we miss her and uh, give her our love. I know you're having um, lunch with her today at Finley's house. So just give her our love, please, Erica. Thank you.
1: All folk are an amazing blessing to us, to to hear dates like 1961, they were um, 67, that's an amazing thing. Um, I'm going to pray for all these folk together, so I'm going to just, uh, the anniversaries are Don and Thelma Jamison, now we haven't seen them for a while either, Um, so if you can just remember them and perhaps be in touch with them, Neil and Heather Holmes and John and Angie Carl. And then we also remember those who've gone before us. It's Horst Schimmerman and Marjorie uh, Jones, Pearl Zitzman, Helen Thompson and Pat Meyer. Yes, Erica. I want uh, to say to you how much we, the old people, appreciate the fact that we've
2: from St. Michael's yeah. and the members of St. Michael's. It's so encouraging it's so loving and really appreciating.
1: Yeah, thanks. Uh, the last time I was on lay minister's duty, I did speak about praying for our church members, and this comes to you on, on WhatsApp, and I think sometimes we get it on a Wednesday or Thursday in the week, and perhaps that's the last time we've looked at it, but it's there as a reminder for you to pray each day for the members of our church, so that is a really good thing, and you've, you just hear testimony of that right now, if people are making contact, what a difference it makes, so if I can encourage you to do that. Can we pray together and we remember Louis? You especially today. You with us here, but the rest of the folk who share birthdays. And so, Lord, we lift Louis, Rob, Betty, Rose, Sean, Pat, and Rosalie to you this morning, who celebrate a birthday this week. Yeah, we also thank you for the reminder of our calling to pray for families and the holy sanctity of marriage. And so we bless Don and Thelma Jamison, Neil and Heather Holmes, and John and Angie Carl, as they acknowledge you as a co-partner in their marriages. And may all these people know the closeness of your presence and the truth of your love at this time of remembering and celebrating another year of blessing. May they always remember that you were That with you, their best years are ahead of them with the knowledge and love of the Lord Jesus Christ. Watch over all of us as we share now together in the ministry of the word. Open our ears to the truth you want us to hear, Lord. Keep us attentive and open to the promptings of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So I will mention the people that we remember in um, in the, the corporate prayers uh, later on when we pray as well. So Pat, would you and Chris like to come up as you do the readings? You can perhaps come together even and stand together.
3: Good morning. I'm first. A reading from Genesis, chapter 3, verses 8 to 15. Late in the afternoon, a breeze began to blow, and the man and the woman heard the Lord God walking in the garden. They were frightened and hid behind some trees. The Lord called out to the man and asked, Where are you? The man answered I was naked, and when I heard you walking through the garden, I was frightened and hid. How did you know you were are naked? God asked. Did you eat any fruit from that tree in the middle of the garden? It was the woman you put here with me, the man said. She gave me some of the fruit, and I ate it. The Lord God then asked the woman, What have you done? The snake tricked me, she answered, and I ate some of that fruit. So the Lord God said to the snake, Because of what you have done, you will be the only animal to suffer this curse. For as long as you live, you will crawl on your stomach and eat dust. You and this woman will hate each other. Your descendants and hers will always be enemies. One of hers will strike you on the head, and you will strike him on the heel. Hear the word of the Lord. Thanks be Now I'll give it to you.
1: So we stand for the gospel. Okay.
4: Listen to the good news. As proclaimed in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 3, verses 20 to
0: 35.
4: Jesus went back home and once again, such a large crowd gathered that there was no chance even to eat. When Jesus' family heard what he was doing, they thought he was mad and went to get him under control. Some of the teachers of the law of Moses, came from Jerusalem and said, This man is under the power of Beelzebub, the ruler of demons. He is even forcing out demons with the help of Beelzebul. Jesus told the people to gather around him. Then he spoke to them in riddles and said, How can Satan force himself out? A nation whose people fight each other won't last very long. And a family that fights won't last very long either. So if Satan fights against himself, that will be the end of him. How can anyone break into the house of a strong man and steal his things unless he first ties up the strong man? Then he can take on, take everything. I promise you that any of the sinful things you say or do can be forgiven no matter how terrible those things are. But if you speak against the Holy Spirit, you can never be forgiven. That sin will be held against you forever. Jesus said this because the people were saying that he had an evil spirit in him. This is the gospel of the Lord.
0: Praise Praise to Christ.
1: So would you like to sit? Um, our guest preacher this morning, as you both likely have seen on the WhatsApp group, is Etienne. And so we look forward to what he has to share with us this morning. Thanks, Dinesh.
5: Michael's family from a chilly but sunny free state. We think of you often. Elsie said only a few minutes ago, I miss my old home in East London. And we all do but we're grateful for the time spent together and we continue to believe that God is good, new things in store for you and for us. So today I want to focus on our gospel reading with a bit of input from Genesis as well. I don't know if you noticed, but today's gospel reading is a kind of sandwich, an amalgam of two different stories conveying a similar theme. At the start and end of the passage, we see how Jesus' family is responding to his ministry. In the middle, we see how Israel's religious leaders are responding to his ministry. And the underlying actions of both groups are similar. Both are in effect seeking to undermine what Jesus is doing. They may feel like they have their own compelling reasons. Jesus' family may have honest concerns about his well-being. Israel's religious leaders may be worried about a new, unauthorized teaching undermining Israel's ancient tradition. But perhaps they're unaware that their motives are less than honest. I mean, Israel's leaders seem to totally disregard that Jesus' ministry is bringing healing to many. Rather, they're only concerned to see how large the crowds are that follow Jesus and they're beginning to worry that they're losing their power over the masses. And this negative attention from Israel's leaders might be the reason why Jesus' family are beginning to fear for their own well-being. Whatever the reason, we see that they are in danger of committing the unpardonable sin. In resisting what God is doing, they are in danger of resisting the very help they most need. The NIV version puts it this way. Jesus says to the religious leaders, Truly I tell you, People can be forgiven all their sins and every slander they utter, but whoever blasphemes against the Holy Spirit will never be forgiven. They are guilty of an eternal sin. The message version helpfully paraphrases it this way. Jesus said, Listen to this carefully. I'm warning you. There's nothing done or said that can't be forgiven. But if you persist in your slanders against God's Holy Spirit, you are repudiating the very one who forgives, sawing off the branch on which you're sitting, severing by your own perversity all connection with the one who forgives. He gave this warning because they were accusing him of being in league with evil. You see, the Gospel of Mark has told us that Jesus is proclaiming that the kingdom of God has come near. In his teaching and his ministry, the sick are being healed and the oppressed are being set free. Israel's religious leaders can't deny the power of Jesus' ministry. So they try to come up with another strategy. They attempt to undermine his work by saying that the power at work in his ministry is an evil power. Jesus replies with a parable which explains that their reasoning makes no sense. If the devil's objective is to hold humanity captive, it would make no sense whatsoever for the devil's representatives to start releasing these captives. Rather, what's obvious is that Jesus has overcome the devil and is thereby now setting the captives free which is why Jesus gives them such a stern warning. In trying to undermine what God is doing, the religious leaders are in danger of sawing off the very branch on which they are sitting by repudiating the very one who wants to forgive their sin. Today's reading in Genesis reminds us of the serious consequences of our sin. The Gospel reading reminds us how easily we overlook the sin in our own lives. If Jesus' own family and the religious leaders of the time were so easily fooled, how carefully do we need to be to take ourselves, to, how careful do we need to be to take seriously our own propensity to sin? Truth be told, our context doesn't make it easy for us. We're told that sin is an outdated concept. We teasingly describe a double-thick chocolate dessert as a sinful indulgence, but lying is excused as a means to an end. We're told to feel shame about how much weight we've picked up, but not about our adultery. Yes, we'll admit that we sometimes make mistakes, but you don't need a saviour for mistakes. We've become the measure of our own righteousness. But consequently, we have no one to hope in but ourselves. We've become the measure of our own righteousness, but consequently, consequently we have no real way of holding each other accountable anymore. But the scriptures describe a world in which God takes seriously our sin and genuinely offers us forgiveness. The scriptures describe a God who loves us enough to hold us accountable for our actions. Yes, the Bible understands that we live in a complex world where evil seeks to wreak havoc, that we live in a world with systemic injustice that oppresses us. But in and amidst these factors, we have still been given a choice as to how we will respond and an invitation from God to walk with us and strengthen us with His grace. But in order to receive this grace, we need to learn how to truly confess our sin. Dietrich Bonhoeffer writes in his book Life Together, He who is alone with his sin is utterly alone. But it is the grace of the gospel which is so hard for the pious to understand, that confronts us with the truth and says, You are a sinner, a great, desperate sinner. Now come as the sinner that you are to God who loves you. So, in love, Jesus holds the religious leaders accountable for their deceptive words. In love, God holds Adam and Eve accountable for their disobedient actions in the garden. It's interesting to note that once Adam and Eve had eaten the forbidden fruit, God comes to find them in the garden. Now surely God already knows what has happened. But see what God does. God calls out to them and one by one, God asks them each what happened. God cares enough to hold them accountable. And that's not the end of the story. Once God has dealt with the serpent and established the consequences of their sin, God meets Adam and Eve with grace for their new surroundings. It's just a short but touching verse which follows. Now aware of their own nakedness and their shame, God makes for Adam and Eve garments of skin and God clothes them. We often clothe those in authority as a kind of recognition of blessing for the task ahead. We clothe our priests upon their ordination. And here God has clothed Adam and Eve with the grace which they will need in their new world. Dear friends, my message this morning is simple. Sadly, the self-righteous, pious, are utterly alone in their sins. But the children of God know they are sinners who are strengthened by the grace of God. Therefore, may we be the children of God who are quick to to confess our sins and eager to do the will of God. Let me say it again. May we be the children of God who are quick to confess our sins and eager to do the will of God. Let us pray. Our Father, from whom every family on earth takes its name, help us to do your will, that as sisters and brothers of Christ, we may love and serve you, even as we love and serve one another. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, in glory everlasting. Amen.
1: Neil, we can just continue in that time of prayer, and perhaps we just need to be still as we hear the truth of those words spoken this morning. So, Heavenly Father, we are astonished by your grace and your kindness. You call us your treasured people. You send your Son to forgive and redeem us, even while we are ungodly and estranged from you. Even more, Jesus calls us to share your gracious love with our, with other ungodly sinners, whom you long to make beloved, treasured members of your family. Thank you, Lord. Help us to do, say, and be all you envision and will for us. Lord, in your mercy. Your dear Son called and sent the apostles to proclaim the good news, forgive sins, and heal those sorely wounded by the powers of sin, evil, and death. Strengthen and equip your church to follow in in their footsteps and to lead the ungodly to the one who died that they might live. Lord, in your mercy. We plead on behalf of our persecuted sisters and brothers. Help us to speak in their defense. Aid them with prayers and material support. And live lives worthy of our mutual calling in Christ. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, make this congregation lovely with holiness, faithfulness, generosity, and joy. Fill us with your Spirit so that we may serve you with gladness. And thanksgiving, let our lives show the love of Jesus to those who need him the most. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, churches everywhere are struggling to gather, worship and serve Jesus' name once again. Help us to be prudent and diligent, but also to be bold and fearless. Make us so radiant with love for you and for your people that our actions encourage Comfort and strengthen people most afflicted by illness, stress, fear, and hardship. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, you are king of all nations. Cause our leaders to acknowledge your sovereignty and to do your will for the sake of the people entrusted to them. Grant that in this election year, candidates and voters desire and work for the good of all, not just for themselves. Lord, in your mercy. And we pray for all who protect, serve and care for others in difficult and dangerous situations. Make them competent, compassionate, brave and wise. Bring healing and hope to them and to their loved ones when they need them most. Help us to honor their service, Lord. But speed the day when they may stand down from their duties and enjoy the blessing of health and peace. Lord, in your mercy. Be gracious and merciful to all who are afflicted in body, mind or spirit. And we pray for families stressed to the breaking point, business owners facing closure or bankruptcy, farmers, caregivers, special needs people, and especially for those in our own congregation are known to us. Bring to all the joy of your saving help. Lord, in your mercy. And most holy Father, thank you for the lives of your faithful people who have gone before us, especially those dearest to us. We remember Horst, Sikerman, Marjorie Jones, Paul Zitzman, Helen Thompson and Pat Meyer. Keep their memories bright. Keep us and all we remember today steadfast in the faith they passed on to us. Keep the cross of Jesus ever before us and keep us true to our calling as his disciples. By his merits bring us into your blessed kingdom where with all whom you have redeemed we will praise, adore and glorify you in the power of this Holy Spirit. Lord in your mercy. And Lord, all this we ask, dear Father, in the power of your Holy Spirit, receive our prayers and grant that it, uh, grant that in accordance with your will, for the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Can we stand together as we say together the Apostles' Creed? And is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. And so we're going to go into a time of singing as Alice prepares the table.
6: Forgiven because you were forsaken. I'm accepted, you were condemned. I'm alive and well, your spirit is within me because you died and rose again. We'll sing that again. I'm forgiven. You, my King, would die for me. Amazing love, I know it's true. It's my joy to honor you in all I do. I honor you in all I I'm forgiven, because you were forsaken. I'm accepted, you were condemned. I'm alive and well, your spirit is within me, because you died and rose again. Amazing love, how can it be? My King would die for me. Amazing love, I know it's true. It's my joy to honor you in all I do. I honor you in all I do. Amazing love, how can it be that you, my King, would die for me? Amazing love, I know it's true. It's my joy to honor you in all I do. I honor you. In all I do, I honor you.
0: We present to God those resources that are required to do ministry to His people. Yours, Lord, is the greatness, the power, the glory, the splendor, and the majesty. For everything in heaven and earth is yours. All things come from you, and of your own do we give you. Amen. Amen. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation. Through your goodness we have this bread to offer, which earth has given and human hands have made. For us it becomes the bread of life. Blessed Blessed be God forever. forever. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation. Through your goodness we have this. And work of human hands. And for us, it becomes the cup of Blessed be God forever. And it's the fourth Eucharistic prayer. The Lord and lift
1: up. Let us
0: give thanks to the Lord our God. We give you thanks and praise, Almighty God, Son Jesus Christ our Savior and Redeemer, the Living Word, through whom you have created all things, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, He took flesh of the Virgin Mary and shared our human nature, and He lived and died as one of us to reconcile us to You, the God and Father of all, and in. His hands in suffering to bring peace to those who their And so he won for you a holy people. He chose to bear our griefs and sorrows, and to give up his life on the cross, that he might shatter the chains of the evil one and banish the darkness of sin and death. And by his resurrection he brings us into the light of your presence. And now, with all creation, we raise our voices to proclaim the glory of your name. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy and gracious God. Accept our praise through your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, who on the night he was handed over to suffering and death, took bread and gave you thanks, saying, Take and eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. In the same way, he took the cup, saying, This is my blood, which is shed for you. When you do this, you do it memory of me. So we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died, Christ has risen, Christ will come again. And we say together, remembering therefore his death and resurrection, we bring before you this bread and this cup, giving thanks that you have made us worthy to stand in your presence and to serve you we ask you to send your Holy Spirit upon the offering of your Holy Church, gathering into one all who share in these sacred mysteries, filling them with the Holy Spirit and confirming their faith in the truth, that together we may praise you and give you glory through your servant, Jesus Christ. All glory and honor are yours, Father and Son, with the Holy Spirit in the Holy Church now and forever. Amen. So as Christ has taught us, we are to say, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from a time of trial. And deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. My brothers and sisters, the bread which we break, is it not a sharing of the body of Christ? We we say together. We do not presume to come to this, your table, merciful Lord, trusting in our own righteousness, but in your manifold and great mercies. We are not worthy so much as to gather up the crumbs under your table, but you are the same, Lord, whose nature is always to have mercy. Grant us, therefore, gracious Lord, so to eat the flesh of your dear Son, Jesus Christ, and to drink his blood that we We may may evermore dwell in him and he in us. So my brothers and sisters, draw near and receive the body of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he gave for us, and his blood, which he shed for us. Feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving. And while the people that are here at church today can take communion, um, the people that are online with us at home, please pray the prayer for spiritual communion and know that it too will bless you in its own way. Jesus Give thanks to the Lord for his gracious. And as we step out into this new week, let's rededicate our lives to God, saying together, Father almighty, we offer ourselves to you as a living sacrifice in Jesus Christ our Lord. Send us out into the world. In the power of the Holy Spirit to live and work for your praise and glory. And we continue to pray for our continent, for Mother Africa, saying, God bless Africa, guard her children, protect her vulnerable, raise up godly leaders, and give it peace for Jesus Christ's sake. Amen. And so, my brothers and sisters, Go in peace, go in love, and go in grace. And may the love of God the Father enfold us. May the wisdom of God the Son enlighten us. And may the fire of God the Holy Spirit enkindle us. May the blessing of God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit come down upon us and remain with us always. Amen. And can we stand for the dismissal? So, my brothers and sisters, to a troubled world, peace from Christ. To a searching world, love Home from, from Christ. Christ. For a waiting world,
1: hope from Christ.
0: Go in peace to love and serve the risen Lord. Hallelujah.
1: In the name of Christ. Hallelujah.